All right, it's time once again for Wrestling With Theology, and this is episode 100 of Wrestling With Theology. And today, it is Pro Wrestling America from the Fargo Dome, the place of the Rumble on the Red, which probably is not going to happen thanks to COVID this year. But here we are, Pro Wrestling America, November 25th, getting ready for Thanksgiving. The one roster change we have this week is Skandar Akbar has turned in his resignation. He no longer wants to manage in the PWA, especially after having The Undertaker walk last time. So the program starts this week with the Extreme Horsemen coming out to the ring. Carino announces his tag team partner for tonight's non-title match against Gen 3 would be the newest member of the Extreme Horsemen. When asked who the newest member is, Carino says that everyone will find out at match time. They also announce their intention to put an end to the feud with Gen 3 so they can focus on their true goal, the domination of the PWA by holding every title in the PWA. So Carino puts Stone Cold and the Dangerous Duo especially on notice as they are the world champions. They leave the ring to the booze of the crowd and we can get going with our nine matches on the card. First match on the card, the Sawyer Brothers versus Dirty Dutch Mantel and Terry Gordy. Mantel brings Gordy out as a tag team partner to keep an eye on Brett while he took care of Buzz. The Sawyer Brothers proved to be a better tag team through their chemistry as a tag team. Mantel tries to take the burden of the match. Gordy gets fed up with not being in the ring for the first 15 minutes of the match. Buzz shoves Mantel back into his own corner. Gordy tags himself in. Buzz ducks a running clothesline from Gordy. When Gordy bounces off the opposite ropes, Buzz drops to the mat. Gordy stops just short of Mantel in the bull rope. Gordy tells Mantel to leave the ring, that he's got it. Mantel refuses and tells Gordy to grab Buzz. The Sawyers just stand in their corner watching their opponents. The referee tries to remove Mantel from the ring, but Mantel shoves him out of the way. Gordy nails Mantel with the Oriental Spike and then pile drives him in the middle of the ring. Gordy motions for Buzz to cover Mantel as he leaves the ring. Buzz tags in Brett, who gets launched into a flying splash onto Mantel for the pin. Sawyer Brothers win the match in a time of 18:23. Then we move on to the women's portion of the card, with Lazy Von Eric facing off against Annie Social. The women come out next to show off their abilities in the ring. Their two differing styles were evident from Lacey coming out in a Lacey, pun completely intended outfit, while Annie came out in a t-shirt and jeans. I had told both the Extreme Horsemen and Gen 3 that the men were not allowed to be involved in the women's matches without facing severe consequences, beginning with suspension. In this 10-minute match, both women have great opportunities to shine. Lacey tries to put Annie away with a discus punch, but Annie ducks it and counters it with a back suplex. Annie comes off the ropes with an acai moonsault, but Lacey kicks out. Lacey takes control of the match again, but Annie gets a moment to breathe as she tosses Lacey outside the ring. Annie slingshots herself over the top rope onto Lacey. The referee, who I'll eventually pick at some point, gets them back into the ring. Annie goes for the social disorder, but Lacey shoves her into the turnbuckle. Annie staggers out and Lacey applies the iron claw. Annie refuses to submit, but she can't get out of it 
and ends up being pinned at a time of 9.35. We move on in the feud between the Extreme Horsemen and Gen 3 with a mixed tag team match now. Gen 3 being represented by Chavo Guerrero Jr. and Natty Neidhart, Extreme Horsemen by Curtis Axel and Medusa Michelli. This is the PWA's first mixed tag match. And although the match is supposed to be fought under traditional mixed tag rules, Axel keeps Natty in the ring instead of letting her tag in Chavo. About the 12-minute mark in the match, the women are battling in the ring. Medusa has Natty tied up in the ropes next to Axel. Medusa distracts the referee while Axel applies a dragon sleeper on Natty. Chavo comes around the ring to help out his tag team partner. Chavo pulls Axel off the ring apron, and Natty slides out from the ropes. Medusa hits Natty with a bridging German suplex, but Natty kicks out. Chavo and Axel continue to battle outside the ring. Just Incredible runs down the aisle and climbs the turnbuckle. Lacey runs down the aisle after him and shoves him off the turnbuckle. Credible's elbow grazes Medusa's head. Natty nails her with the discus clothesline to get the pin at a time of 15.08. Then everything breaks down until all of the Extreme Horsemen in Gen 3 are in the ringside area. Security heads down to the ring, but as they get there, the lights go out. When the lights come back on, only the security forces are standing. All of the Horsemen and all of Gen 3 are laid out flat. What was that all about? After everybody gets carried out, and I mean everybody gets carried out, we get set up for the television title match. Brickhouse Brown defending against Moondog Spot. Moondog Spot had won the right to be the number one contender for the television title through a battle royale last Saturday night in Wapaton, North Dakota. Before the match, Brown was asked about having to face the former world tag team champion one-on-one. Brown sounded confident in his ability to keep the belt against the larger man. Spot, tie, Spot tries to take advantage of his size from the opening bell. Downtown Bruno makes himself known throughout the match as well. Anytime Brown gets any sense of momentum, Bruno would insert himself into the match. Finally, Sunshine has had enough of Bruno's distractions. She sneaks up on him and drop kicks him into the ring post. Brown gains an advantage around the 11-minute mark in the match, but he is never able to put Spot away. Spot tries for a falling splash from the top rope, but he gets tangled up trying to climb the turnbuckle. Brown gets up and takes him down with a Samoan drop off the middle turnbuckle. He starts to crawl over to cover Spot when the bell rings. The time limit has expired. Brown keeps the title withdrawal, but even he has to admit that he barely survived with the belt. Throughout the card, up until the lights went out after the mixed tag team match, people have been trying to get Carino to reveal the name of the newest member of the Extreme Horsemen. Carino continued to refuse to answer the question. After the blackout, though, the Extreme Horsemen had been locked away in their dressing room. No one had heard anything from them in the 20 minutes prior to the scheduled tag team match. As Gen 3 recovered from the mysterious attack, they were very adamant that the horsemen were behind the blackout and would pay for the blood that had been spilled already. So now we get into the non-title match. As the extreme horsemen behind Carino are not putting up the American tag team titles up against Gen 3. 
Flex Cabana and Jimmy Golden represent Gen 3 in the match. Carino comes out only with Medusa. Cabana and Golden again try to get Carino to reveal his partner, but Carino simply tells the referee to ring the bell. He wants the match to start. So the match begins as a handicap match, with Flex and Golden tagging in and out. Credible comes out at one point, but Medusa sends him back to the dressing room. Carino manages to get an advantage over Golden for a moment, but he loses it thanks to a blind tag from Flex. Golden hops over the top rope and on the other side of the ring. Carino challenges him to get back into the ring, but Flex picks him up from behind with an atomic drop. Flex and Golden continue to dominate Carino and bust him open. They don't even bother looking for a pinfall. At the 15-minute mark, Terry Funk comes out to the ring with his branding iron. Bobby Heenan comes running out after him, asking him what he's doing. Funk nails Heenan in the stomach with the branding iron and pile drives him on the entry platform. Funk makes his way down to the ring as Flex and Golden turn to see what the crowd is reacting to. Carino nails Golden from behind with a running knee lift. Golden falls out of the ring. Flex grabs Carino by the hair and slams his head into the turnbuckle. Funk chokes Golden with the branding iron. Flex whips Carino across the ring. As he charges the corner, Carino moves out of the way. Flex slams into the turnbuckle. Carino takes him down with a Russian leg sweep as he stumbles out of the corner. Once Golden passes out, Funk climbs onto the ring apron. Carino smiles and extends his hand, and Funk gladly tags himself into the match. Carino picks up Flex for a Northern Lights powerbomb. Funk joins in with a neckbreaker as Carino throws Flex down. Funk takes the branding iron and jabs Flex in the forehead with it. Funk continues to tear at the gash on Flex's forehead. Natty and Lacey come down to the ring to revive Golden, but he is unresponsive and has to be taken back to the dressing room. Flex is now left to battle in a handicap match. The match finally ends with a spike pile driver by the Extreme Horseman and Carino covering Flex for the pin at 22-14. Although they're wanting to put the rivalry away, I really don't think that's going to happen anytime soon. Now we move to the next match, Jushin Liger versus Great Kabuki. This match showcases two of the greatest Japanese wrestlers to spend a great deal of time in the U.S. Kabuki tries to gain an advantage early by missing Liger, but he faces a problem. Liger wears a mask. Kabuki's mist misses its mark. Liger is able to take control of the match and win with a Thunderfire powerbomb in 5 minutes 11 seconds. Now we move to Billy Gunn versus Jesse James Armstrong. In what may become one of the great PWA feuds of 2021, the two men who truly made DX to be the stable it was fought against each other. The match was given a 30-minute time limit. However much these two tried to get the crowd into it, they weren't buying it too much. It almost seemed that the fans were still holding on to the Extreme Horseman Gen 3 feud and the blackout, and what all that meant. But Armstrong wins the match with a pump handle slam in 21 minutes, 33 seconds. Now, if it weren't for the main event on this card, we get to what would have been the main event. World Tag Team Titles on the Line. Dangerous duo of Shane Douglas and Fallen Angel Christopher Daniels defending against Gold Dust and Kurt Henning. 
the newly crowned World Tag Team Champions faced their first defense against men whom they had been feuding against in singles matches. Kurt Henning and Christopher Daniels have torn into each other in multiple matches since the PWA's debut. Goldust and Shane Douglas have just recently begun their feud. With the dangerous duo holding the World Tag Team titles, why not combine both feuds into one? What could go wrong? Well, Henning and Goldust show a surprising amount of chemistry in their tag team. However, Daniels and Douglas are able to take advantage against Goldust early on and keep him cut off from Henning's corner. When Goldust is able to make the tag, the referee refuses to allow it because Douglas is distracting him. The dangerous duo successfully defend their titles when Daniels pins Goldust after the best moonsault ever in 13 minutes, 14 seconds. So now we get to the main event. What had been billed for the last month or so since Regal turned against Adams. Loser leaves PWA match. Gentleman Chris Adams versus Mr. Electricity Steve Regal. Ever since Regal turned on Adams during their World Tag Team title defense against the Dangerous Duo, the two have been trying to settle the score as to who gets to be the number one contender to reclaim the titles that Regal threw away. Since they made this match a Loser Leaves PWA match on the last podcast, I declared that there must be a winner for this match. Especially over the last couple of weeks, these two have not been able to keep the match in the ring. So earlier in the card, I also declared that the match would be a lumberjack match. After the blackout, I decided to up the stakes even more. I decided to put leather straps in the lumberjack's hands. Anytime the wrestlers fall or are thrown out of the ring, the lumberjack will hit them with the straps until the wrestler climbs back into the ring. The most infamous of these matches took place at the third annual Von Erich Memorial Parade of Champions in 1986 when the Freebirds took on Lance Von Erich, uh, Steve Simpson, and I forget who the third guy was, uh, in a NWA World Six-Man title match. So the Lumberjacks involved everyone previously on the card. The Extreme Horsemen in Gen 3 took up positions on the north and south sides of the ring. The women also had straps. On the west side of the ring, the Lumberjacks were the Sawyer Brothers, Dangerous Duo, Moondog Spot, Billy Gunn, and Jesse James Armstrong. On the east side of the ring, the Lumberjacks were Terry Gordy, Dutch Mantel, Jushin Liger, Great Kabuki, Brickhouse Brown, Gold Dust, and Kurt Henning. The placement of the Lumberjacks will play a part in the match. Adams comes out with his own strap. The Sawyer Brothers part ways for him to climb the ring steps to get into the ring. The Extreme Horsemen try to take shots at him from the floor. Regal comes out and sees the ring completely surrounded by people. He begins to turn around and head back to the dressing room, but I bar his way. He has words with me as he walks backward down the aisle into Billy Gunn's waiting arms. Gunn rolls him into the ring. Regal gets up to yell at Gunn, but Adam hits him across the back with his strap. Regal turns around. Adam goes for a super kick, but Regal steps out onto the ring apron. Buzz lashes him. Regal steps back into the ring. The referee takes away Adam's strap and tells the two to lock up. The match goes on for about 10 minutes with both wrestlers being thrown out of the ring at the feet of those who would strap them the hardest. After eight minutes of the match, both men's backs are covered in welts. Regal catches a break after Adams whips him into the ropes. 
Adams telegraphs a superkick, which Regal avoids by holding onto the ropes, and seeking safety from Mantell and Kabuki. They supply him with that much-needed respite, but it is short-lived as Gen 3 comes around the corner to brawl with the East Side Lumberjacks. Gold Dust throws Regal back into the ring. Regal starts yelling at Gold Dust, but Adams is waiting to take him down with a hip toss into a leg scissors arm bar in the middle of the ring. Sunshine slides her strap into the ring. Gordy takes issue with it on the outside, but Adams gets his fingers on it. Adams lashes Regal's prone back until the referee takes the strap away. Adams starts to argue with the referee, but Carino climbs onto the ring apron. Carino lashes at Adams, but misses. Adams goes to superkick Carino, but Carino drops to the floor. Regal comes from behind with a running knee lift that puts Adam at the extreme horseman's feet. The horsemen lash Adams mercilessly until the Sawyers and Dangerous duo come over to throw Adams back into the ring. Regal waits for Adams to get up and applies a sleeper. Adams manages to keep his feet and drive Regal's backwards into the turnbuckle. Regal's already bloodied back receives a couple of lashes from Brett as Adams whips him across the ring. Regal staggers out of the corner into a superkick that connects right under the chin. Adams makes the cover and gets the pinfall to force Regal out of the PWA forever at 13 minutes, 40 seconds. As the program ends, and really earlier on in the match as well, the ringside area breaks down into a brawl until the lights go out again. When the lights come back on, Gen 3 is missing, and the extreme horsemen have been laid out again. What is going on with these lights? Hopefully we will find out more when we get back together for Pro Wrestling America in December. Until then, this is Pastor Doug Minton, wishing you a happy Thanksgiving, even in these times where we can't all be together as we would normally like. But I do encourage you to give thanks to the Lord for what you do have and for what you are able to do this year for Thanksgiving. And until we meet again next time, I wish you God's richest blessings as you wrestle with theology this week.